Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm Mark Russell. And today we are offering ourselves up to listeners of the show. We uh, sent out, and oh, I don't know if this is the way you say it, we sent out a tweet. I don't think you say that. What do you say? I say, I say we sent out um, a modern day memo uh, <laughs> to our audience. We sent out a modern day memo to our audience saying... What are you guys struggling with? Is there anything you want to come on the show and ask us advice on? So we're going to have three listeners come on the show today. Uh, we'll talk to each of them for about 20 minutes. They're going to let us know what they're struggling with. And Alric and I are going to give advice. So this is kind of like the podcast version, podcast filmmaking version of Dear Abby. So how, how did you come up with this idea to, to do this show in the first place? Where, what, would you, what inspired you? To do this. Uh, well, this is new, right? We've done this before in some capacity, but I think in the past it's been more about like just talking to some of our listeners just to get a little story of, of what they're doing. Um, but I wanted to right. do something that was a, a format. I guess I just wanted to create a structure around the format. So I thought it would be fun to have people engage with us on a more like, hey, what would you guys do in this situation? Because we do so many podcasts where we're talking to people about their stories and we're just kind of listening and sometimes we'll interject but we don't really have people asking us our advice and um, it happens online sometimes or people send us emails so I just wanted to try it uh, on the podcast and see what happens yeah I, I feel like you know we used to get a lot of questions and we used to answer questions of the show and we yeah. would like you know say to people hey give us your questions and then I felt like you know lately we just haven't really been getting a lot of questions we have um, and is that but, because we haven't been inviting them or yeah uh, or maybe we're just having different types of listeners I'm not sure I don't know I kind of thought it was because no one cared about the podcast that's why we weren't getting questions <laughs> um, but you I sound think like it actually, me now <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no but I, I think it's actually because we're not inviting people because when yeah. you put this out we got a lot of people responding I, I believe mm-hmm. um, and, and I think also in the early days of the podcast it was because it was you and me and we were probably doing more of that kind of like what would you do or here's what I'm struggling with and we would kind of talk back and forth the format of that podcast probably lent itself more to people saying hey here's what i'm doing what would you, what do you guys think or here's something that i i need your advice on whereas yeah. now i think because we're just really almost interviewing filmmakers and getting their story it that format's changed enough that maybe people don't think that we want to do that or that they maybe they think they're wasting our time yeah well i remember in the beginning like we, we didn't do a guest Till like episode 20 which you know yeah. now doesn't sound like that long at all but uh at, at the time it was like well we had 20 episodes and then i think i was pretty like you know into the idea of not having this be a guest-based show and like trying to do more solo and topic-based episodes yeah. mm-hmm. which we hung out we hung on to for a while but i think you know as the show progressed it's you know um for whatever reason we've just been doing more guests you know maybe <laughs> just because we have more guest options or well, I think I don't know. we'll talk about this next week because I want to go through like the history of the podcast and talk about where we started and where we ended up and how that all unfolded. And I did go back and look at that first year, and I think we only had like three guests in the first year. It was oh wow um, Andrew, and then we had Colin on like twice in a row, and then I think we had Lisa Donato, and that was it. And maybe Evan Kidd, maybe four Wait. guests. For a full for the full year, it was four full, guests really. Yeah. Wow. And 
I knew eventually we would want to get guests on because we had a lot to talk about amongst ourselves and it was a lot about like sharing where we were and and what we had learned along the way. And then I knew that eventually we'd want to pull people in and, and talk to them about their experience so we could learn from it. And I think the second year ended up being a lot about um, filling in the knowledge gaps that we had. So like we didn't know much about distribution. So we had people come in and talk to us about distribution or even the Andrew Schrader thing was like, we here we are talking about making features, but we've never made one. Let's talk to somebody who has and see what th- what their experience is. And if making a, a feature, a first feature, helped them make a second feature. And so I think it was really just filling in all those gaps that we had in our knowledge and experience and, and hearing from other people that had done things that we wanted to do and seeing if that would somehow inform the direction that we took. Yeah. So it seems like totally. a natural progression, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting to go back to doing more episodes where it wasn't with uh, a guest, you mm-hmm. know, and it was just uh, two people talking about craft and going through a topic together. And I think, you know, f- when, when we first started, we were just getting to know each other, too. So I think to a That's large true. degree, yeah, that, that was like a big part of it. Like we were, you know, we didn't know all all the tricks that each other knew and our styles and how we approach things. So we were just, we were learning through conversation. And then after we got to know each other, you know, there's still, there's probably still more depth to plunge and more things to discuss, you know, but we just kind of naturally went towards the guests, which makes sense. Uh, But now that I'm doing guest co-hosts, it's like a whole nother like avenue to like discuss things that they want to discuss because everybody wants to talk about different things and everybody has different ideas. So I don't know. We might start going into more of that territory uh, as the podcast pushes forward. You know, oh, that's but cool. We'll, that's exciting, and I, and I think we'll that's see. a little where this episode's coming from too. It's so often we're dictating what the podcast is about because we're trying to find guests that interest us, and this is an opportunity for the listeners to tell us what they want to hear about. What are they struggling with? What are the things that they're trying to figure out that we can help them with? I think some of these questions we probably would not typically talk about just because we might have figured it out for ourselves or we have our own opinions on it or just not stuff that we're still struggling with so i think it'll be it'll be a fun conversation because it sounds like a lot of these things are are things that we've struggled with on our end um so yeah yeah the so we're gonna have three guests on um the first ones we have two people coming on it's megan and hannah um i'm not sure where they are but i think that they're in the middle of shooting a feature film right now if not in not in the middle maybe they just ended it yesterday or something like that oh really wow yeah holy moly yeah i their their question which will i won't spoil we'll wait until they get on the show is really a good question because i think it's something that every filmmaker uh fears and it's also something that happens to a lot of filmmakers where you know you'll you'll just see but um i think it'll be interesting to discuss (laughs) so stay tuned I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be a fun, a fun episode. You know, I love meeting new people and hearing new, new issues to deal with, even if it's the same issue from a different person. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, are you ready for me to get Hannah and and Megan on? Sure. Let's do it. All right. I'm gonna send them the link, and then we'll just wait. Cool. All right. Here they are. Hey, Megan, Hannah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. So are you guys in the middle of filming or you just finished filming? What's I forget what you said in your email now. Yeah. So we just finished 
two days ago. Oh, amazing. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so tell us our first question is, and we're going we're gonna to keep this brief so we can get right to the good stuff, which is the advice that you're looking for, is um, where do you guys live and what do you do to pay your rent? Sure. We live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and nice. paying your rent is another um, struggle. But I, <laughs> Megan, <laughs> um, I work at um, a place called Actors Arsenal, taping folks for audition videos and teaching an acting class. Nice. Cool. Yes. And obviously, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina as well. And I just jump around from job to job. Um, I quit my job right before we started filming. So now... Wow. I'm looking for a new one, but I used to do sales calls. Super okay. exciting. Uh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, we all got to pay the bill somehow, right? It really is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how long have you, have you guys been making films together as a team for a while? Or is this your first one? No, this is our first feature, but we met four years ago in an acting class and we started making films, short films there. Okay, cool. How many short films did you guys make together? So we have made five total and then the feature. Um, so yeah, six total. Okay, cool. cool. Good. So that I think that gives us a pretty good sense. Um, one last question is, what's your, what are your goals with your filmmaking? Because uh, your question has to do with like keeping the momentum up. Is, is this like something you're looking to make a career out of? Yeah. So we started off as actors first. And mm -hmm. the reason why we started making films in the first place was because we wanted to create interesting characters for ourselves and our friends. And then we discovered that we really liked the filmmaking aspect of it as well. Um, and after doing this, or right before doing this feature, we discovered that we really love storytelling and bringing people together and telling stories that might not always be heard um, with some under underrepresented people. And so what your ultimate goals, like how many films are you hoping to make in your lifetime? We just want to keep going. <laughs> I think our really our goal is to just continue to make film after film when we finish one to be ready to start, you know, pre-production on another whether it's our film or um, like our script or a script from a friend, um, just to always be creating. Um, and of course, dream scenario is each film would bring finances to then fund the next one in a better right. way so right. that we would continue to just build. <laughs> yeah. You know, sustainable right, career. <laughs> right? So I mean, we that's, can. That's everyone's dream. Right? Yeah. It's pretty yeah. much the filmmaking dream, right? And um, yeah, so that's our hope. Okay, so I'm going to read how you guys worded this in the email. It says, uh, I've been working on my first. No, this, that's the wrong one. You said, How do you balance completing your current project while preparing for the next without sacrificing quality on either? Basically, we don't want to finish our current feature and then have a three-year lull until our next project. We'd like to keep the momentum going without sacrificing on post-production. Well, Can you expand on that a little bit? <laughs> sure. Um, well, as you know, independent filmmakers, we're doing all the jobs. Um, and so... 
when we're working on a project, it takes like a hundred percent of our focus um, and all of right. our energy to do it. And so when it is completed, then sometimes, at least with our short films, we have been at a like standstill, like, whoa, we just did that. But now what? Um, <laughs> once it's wrapped up. Uh -huh. And so our hope is to, instead of saying now what, to say, okay, let's go ahead and start dot, 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 like location scouting for this next short or this next feature. <laughs> so, Whatever, I mean, let's get... start doing the, let's keep it right. going. Let's start the next project now rather than waiting for this one to be finished. So that's what I'm hearing is that, and this, this happened to me too, like I, I think I ended up in my short films making one every two to three years because each of them was its isolated project. Mm -hmm. right, and so exactly. you're trying to figure out a way to increase the pace at which you make your films. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, there's a lot of ways you could go about that. I mean, one would be to already have another script ready uh, beforehand. You know, so if you had multiple features that you'd written before starting this first one, then, you know, you just you know, as soon as you're done with this one, you you have a script you can already start with and maybe do a couple of rewrites and then just go right into making it. But mm -hmm. I take it that you probably don't have another script ready? We, we so yeah, I have uh, one feature that's like halfway done and then uh, a pilot idea. So there's, I have three projects that are half, half done. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the other thing, too, that I've noticed is that, you know, like filmmakers really want to make films, right? Like we want to just go out there, <laughs> get get our, our uh, get our feet on the ground and go out and make our next thing. Uh -huh. But the, the filmmakers I see that are really successful are the ones who really see their project through mm -hmm. in post-production and then not just through post-production, but through marketing and film festivals and, and the whole deal. So really, like when the movie's done... You, like the shooting of it, you still have probably like one to two more years with that movie before, you know, that project is completely finished, you know, um, right. which is, I, I can tell like what you guys want to avoid, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and we love that stuff too. Um, but yeah, maybe we're riding the high of just completing uh, principal photography and we want to keep doing that too. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like the only way that you can create a sustainable model where you're creating film after film after film is if you have a team of people to support you mm -hmm. the only way that Woody Allen can make a movie every year is because he has enough people to make that a possibility he doesn't have to worry about entering film festivals and finding distribution and all that stuff that happens on the back end of our films because yeah I mean Really, for all of us, it takes no longer than a year to make a film once you have a script. It's all the other stuff that comes along with it that usually drags it out right. for the most part. So I think Ulrich is right in that you have to have scripts lined up or you have to have enough bandwidth to be able to write a script and produce a film in a year in order to keep that momentum going. But because we're independent filmmakers, mm -hmm. you guys are going to have to see your film through and you are going to have to enter film festivals and go to those film festivals and find distribution and that takes a lot of time and energy so you're not going to be able to dedicate the I think dedicate your mind to another project until you're really kind of finished with one unless you have a team of people to help you very that true. makes sense very very true mm -hmm. yeah 
It's almost like you want to impress the hell out of some producer or mm-hmm. potentially a writer producer who has work that you're interested in that that you would want to direct and then have that writer producer just pair pair up with you and so you know or even multiple writer producers right so you have like one person who's like prepping the next project working on it and then when you're done shooting it's like okay all right uh hannah and megan let's go do the next one and then like you have another person working on something else and then you just you leapfrog you know um i think that's how like professional directors manage it but i think that's really hard at an independent level because well a there's so many of us right so you know finding a producer who's going to want to work with you specifically when you're just starting is going to be really hard you know um and then uh just yeah having the energy and the resources to pull that off in the first place i think is really challenging yeah and that's not even to mention the funding part of it the other way woody allen's able to make a movie every year is because he has the funding no matter what he does there's a team of people that's willing to fund his movies because he can make them for two million dollars and they know they can make money off of them you guys are gonna have to prove yourselves as financially viable filmmakers before you can find that kind of pool of money that keeps coming so i know i know a director that um a few years ago i don't know if you guys remember there's a zombie movie with arnold schwarzenegger in it oh are you talking about Megan or whatever, and that's not Megan. It it's was like, a yeah, uh, it was a girl's name. Um, oh, uh, is it me? Rose. Wait, Morgan. Morgan. Maybe it's Morgan. I don't something know. Like I could that. be completely wrong. It's like <laughs> something like that. I think it's an M name. I, it, but yeah, I think it's. I'm sorry. Mor- I, this it has nothing to. The movie itself has nothing to do with the story. I just. I tried. I tried watching it. It's like the one Arnold movie I can't watch. I couldn't get through. Okay. Well, um, maybe it he's does. He's not shooting enough people in that movie. You maybe know, it does matter a, then. So he made this movie. That was his first feature. He directed it, and he was like you guys, really hungry to get his next one done. He like he's like wanted to go and. His agent management, they basically said to him, you can't do anything else until this movie comes out. We have to see how this movie does because no one's going to take a bet on you until they know if people even care about what you're doing. You know who broke that mold? Who's extremely famous? Who's that? Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve. You know, because he did um, Enemy. Enemy Enemy was first. Yeah. And I love Enemy, and, that, and it's also because it's really similar to my feature. Uh, but then before Enemy came out, he he shot Prisoners, and then Prisoners came out before Enemy, in, at least in this country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Enemy came out after, and so it was really interesting because like his first feature is a small, you know, well, I mean it's a pretty big movie. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in right. it, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. But uh, compared to Prisoners, it's much smaller. And it was really interesting to like see prisoners come out and be like, oh, wow, this is the first time director. And then they realize, oh, no, he made a much smaller movie first. Um, right. Well, yeah. that's true. I mean, it can happen in different ways. And the same thing with um, John Hughes. So John Hughes, the same thing with Pretty in Pink and Breakfast Club. Like he made those films within a year of each other because he made two separate deals. I think Breakfast Club was supposed to be his first movie, but he already got a deal to shoot Pretty in Pink. And then somebody else came in and wanted to do breakfast clubs. And they're just two independent deals that had nothing to do with each other. So he was able to shoot two movies really quickly. But unless you guys can find that, then I mm-hmm. think my advice would be just focus on getting this movie done and and getting it out there and trying to make a success out of it. So it will open up new doors for you guys and um, keep this, this idea of like... A, 
making a, mo- a movie more often and try to figure out how to make that a reality. But I don't think you need to worry about making it a reality right at this very moment. Right. True. Yeah. Is that discouraging? Did we just discourage oh, you no. guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I haven't given my my advice yet, so maybe it'll, you'll be encouraged at the end. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, Alric, you should give your advice. Well, I, I have a question right for for Hannah and Megan first. Um, how, how do you guys work together? Are you co writers, co directors? Like, what's your relationship um, on set? Yeah. So it depends on what the project is. But for this one, um, we're co-creators. And then I wrote the script. Megan looks over it. We're like, this feels whatever. And then I go back, rewrite. And then we co-directed this film together. And we were were in it as well and co-producers. And it's kind of unique. We um, competed in a competition called Hometown Heroes on Seed and Spark. Yeah. So Seed and Spark is a great place for filmmakers to crowdfund. They did not tell me to say that. It's just my experience. <laughs> it sounded a little like a commercial. <laughs> so- sounds familiar. It did sound kind of commercially when it came out, but it's for real. Um, Emily Best and her team are amazing. Did you, uh, did you guys win Hometown Heroes, per chance? We won Hometown Heroes. So we did. We did. Wow. So Mark wow. and Jay Duplass are producing our film. Um, wow! Congratulations! And, yeah. Thank you. So it's still kind of surreal. It was a year ago, um, this week that we won, and so it's been a really incredible experience. Um, but that doesn't really answer your question. That's how we together produced it and crowdfunded. Um, but on set, Hannah and I have just a really unique relationship as far as co-directing and also them being in the scenes together. Um, so yeah. It was a cool experience. That's awesome. A, f- a couple things. First off, we've had another guest on the show who also was competing in that Hometown Heroes competition the same year that you guys were. Obviously, they did not win. Uh, but I think they were like the top 10 uh, yes. finalists and they got like a thousand bucks or something. Yes, I um, listened to her podcast. I listened to oh, you her did? episode. Oh, yeah, cool. Maria. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Maria. Yeah. yeah. But um, gosh, I have so many questions about that experience, which we don't have time for, but <laughs> maybe on another episode later. Of course. Um, yeah. But, but what, what, I, what I was getting at was that maybe, you know, because like, he, he, here's what I, my take on all this. It, it doesn't really have to do with like finding some secret to, you know, finish your movie and then immediately start making the next one. It's all about energy level and mm-hmm. commitment level and mm-hmm. determination because what I've noticed through the people that we've interviewed and filmmakers I know is that they'll finish their first movie and then it'll have beaten them into the ground like so hard that it takes like years before they can get back up and make the next one. If, if they ever even ever make a next one. So my advice would be less than trying to rush and do it before this movie is finished. Like what Timothy said, finish this movie, do it right. But then like, immediately like keep that energy up mm, and immediately yeah. go into the next one like and and that's all on you like that doesn't have to anything to do with anybody else that that's all achievable just through your own gusto you know um and maybe it will be like six months or a year before you start the next project but that's just the natural progression of filmmaking you know right. um 
Yeah. I the, like there's that. another guest. We have oh, lots cool. Of energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to have all the energy in the world. We do. We do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, previous guest, Liz Manischel, um, she's, she's able to do that. She did her first movie. I think it came out in like 2016, maybe. Uh, and then she just finished her second feature that she, she's in post in now. So, I mean, that wasn't so fast, but I mean, it seemed like as soon as that, that movie was like being released and like getting, like just got distribution and she was already closing funding on her second. So I feel like that's really what you have to be able to do is just like move fast. Yeah. Yeah. And just know that for Liz, it took her longer than she thought it was going to take. I think she was like hoping to get in a production within a year of her (laughs) last feature. And I think it ended up taking two years. So yeah, you start now then it might take two years for you guys rather than three years. So mm-hmm. start as soon as you can, but just also be okay that it might take some time. And that is the natural progression of films. You can't really control it too much, but I agree with Alric. Use the momentum you have and the enthusiasm you have and just figure out what you can do right now. I think if you have a script that's half finished, use your energy to finish it. And then yeah. once you get to the end of it and you're excited to go shoot it, then you can get into the pre-production phase of that film wherever you are with the current one. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since there's two of you, which is another <laughs> blessing, <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, one of you can be like focusing on writing the next feature while the other one takes the lead on post. And then like after that one person takes the first draft of, of the feature done, then you guys flip flop. And then like the other person goes to focus on, on working picking up post where the other one left off and then the other one works on the feature. And then, you know, before you know it, you have a draft you're proud of. And then you email your good old buddies, Mark and Jay, and uh, they fund your next movie for you. Right. You're like, all we need is like a hundred thousand dollars and we can go make another movie. And they'll be like, right guys. (laughs) Yeah. That's double our budget that we have now. So (laughs) we're not joking. Yeah. No, no. That's amazing. I know. I know people have made movies for like 10,000, 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, yeah, but that's still impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know any other last questions or feedback to our advice or things that you want to know about that we didn't answer or anything. Gosh, I like that. (laughs) It was, it was, it's super, um, encouraging and also just great to remind us to be intentional about really the whole creative process um so yeah i felt just, pretty encouraged yeah. just focus on making cool shit and that's that's a, a quote from i think jay said that on twitter just like just focus on making cool shit and if you keep making cool shit after cool shit after cool shit no one can stop you yeah the only like time that. people can stop you if you're not making good stuff. <laughs> right. Or not making stuff, period. You know? <laughs> That's true, too. Yes. So, yeah. So, keep at it. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for yeah. having us. It's good us. to talk to you. It was oh. so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right, right. So that was cool. Yeah. It's great to hear from Megan and Hannah. That's so inspiring that they won the Hometown's Heroes uh, competition and got to make their feature. That's great. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely like uh, something that I've struggled with too. And just kind of beating myself up that it took me so long between films. But 
you know, you can only move as fast as you can move. And sometimes, and for some people, it does take some time. And I don't think that right. it's not a race. And we've said that before. No. It's not a race. It's not about how many things you do. It's, and, and I wanted to tell this to Sue too. It's just, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. You know, it's better to <laughs> right. make one great film than it is to make three decent films. Cause I think that one great film will get you farther than three decent ones. So you, you got to be careful not to spread yourself too thin right. and really just focus on making the best thing you can. But I like what you said that if you are enthusiastic about it and you ha and you want to just keep going and you have a lot, a lot of energy, then yeah, just keep pouring it in. Cause there will come a time where you get really tired. And so capitalize off of the energy while you have it. Right. And then the other thing too, just like, you know, I think everyone thinks that when they finish their first feature it's going to be so spectacular that uh they're going to get whisked away to hollywood yeah. when it's done and i think that we all need to be very aware that that's not going to be the case for 99 percent of us you know and so it's not going to get easier after the first one it's only going to get harder or be the same level of difficulty you know so be prepared for that and and don't expect it to be like like if i make this movie good enough I'll be just like Boots Riley and off to Hollywood or, or, yeah. you know, Quentin Tarantino after Reservoir Dogs or, or, or whatever, you know, like you, you have to be like, no, like this is a grind. This is, this is like the work, you know? So if uh, I want to keep on doing this, like it's on me to do this, yeah. you know? So get your first movie done, finish it up, right. Make it the best it can possibly be. Do everything to support that, but then don't lose steam. Don't lose step, like right into the next one, you know? And if that, that's writing for two years on it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, whatever it is, like, I think going straight into the next thing and, and putting all your full energy, the same level of energy you just put into your feature that you worked on for four or five years, keep that same level of energy into the next thing, which it's like Andrew talked about this a, a bunch is like, you know, like the first movie he made almost destroyed him. And then his second movie also almost destroyed him. And it took a while to like, put the pieces back together before he was able to go on and do the next thing, you know? And so it's really hard. Like what I'm, we're saying to do is like very difficult from my understanding. I mean, I haven't made yeah. my first feature yet, so I don't even know, but <laughs> I mean, from yeah. the, the we've, we both had the same experience with shorts, right? So yep. imagine that by times 10, you know? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. All right. Well, our next guest is Alan. So I'm going to send him the link and cool. he will join us in just a second. Awesome. All right. Hey, Alan, welcome to the podcast. How's it going, guys? Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> nice. I know, this feels a little like an old radio show where you're like, hey, our next caller is Alan with a question. Alan, what's your question for us? Um, how long have you been listening to the podcast for? Uh, I guess I started in the last summer, and I worked my way through each episode. Oh, okay, wow. Cool. Did, did you start at the beginning and go through one all the way through? Yeah. Everyone. Holy moly. Wow. <laughs> That's dedication. Um, I have an isolated question. Um, do you feel like the podcast has changed a lot over the 170 episodes or whatever it is? Or do you feel like it's been pretty consistent? Uh, I feel like it's changed in the way that you guys have changed, like your outlook, uh, your journey through the filmmaking process and, you know, what you've experienced. But like the the core of it itself, I think, has stayed fundamentally the same, which I really like. Oh, nice, man. That's cool. Do you ever miss the old format where it was just Ulrich and I talking for the most part? Uh, sometimes, but like uh, I have to say that 
usually the guest episodes are the ones that I like more when you have like half of you guys talking about just you guys and then the other half where you have the guest on. Like I kind of like those a lot. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, let's talk about you for a second. Where do you live and how do you pay the rent? Uh, I live in the Midwest United States in a Midwestern city of no particular noteworthiness. <laughs> <laughs> like Springfield, basically? Yeah. Springfield, yeah. United kinda, States. Kind of. Yeah. Like there's no distinguishing feature about this particular city whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> how do you make a living? Uh, I've been freelancing for the last several years. So my primary source of income is whatever kind of film work I can do. Okay. That's oh, awesome. Nice. Give us one example of a freelance job that you do as a filmmaker. Uh, I was the uh, film producer, casting agent, and uh, props manager and wardrobe for uh, a commercial company for a while, uh, doing all the casting, all the pre-production, wow. film producing it, getting people there on time, managing wardrobe, managing you know cast in and out, uh, that kind of stuff. Shot nice. Know, Tons and tons of commercials, short films, so like, other people's films. So yeah, so producing basically then. Uh my, yeah, my, I did that for a while. Yeah, because I mean, to me, that sounds like you know when when I get a producing job on like a low budget corporate video, that's usually what I end up doing is like the casting and the logistics and uh, you know even locations sometimes you know and just because like we don't have money to hire all those department heads, so they just make me do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So how long have you been making films and how many films have you made at this point? Uh, I started doing this like full, uh, I started getting into it my last years of college. And then when I got out, um, I met a producer at one of the larger production companies in town who gave me my first, you know, pay gig. Uh, and that was around 2005. So since then I've been doing it, you know, various stages of full time, part time whatever since and then how many movies have you made did you answer that already oh um geez let's say 10 of your, I, those are I've, of your own films no no i've worked on lots of other okay. people's stuff how many of your own was, films have you made um, shorts and or features nothing i would show anybody that would count as an <laughs> official film yeah oh really okay like stuff in college like you know projects i had to do and then short films i collaborated with other persons on their projects a lot Gotcha. Uh, but like for my own, like say this is mine. Uh, this is the first. Yeah, so oh wow! Right now you're you're in the middle of your first feature. Are you at the end of the process or middle of the process? Uh, let's say we've been stuck in the middle for a long time. Okay. Cool. Wow. And what's your ultimate goal with filmmaking? Are you happy with the freelance gig and you're just kind of making films on the side? Or are you hoping that this, or maybe were you hoping that this feature was going to kind of open some doors for you and lead to new, a new career opportunity? Uh, it's definitely the first step in my journey. Like, I want, you know, I need to create a calling card. I need to show I can do the job so I can, you know, do a bigger film the next time. And hopefully it opens doors and if other people want to, you know, hire me as a, you know, director for hire, that'd be amazing too. But it's, you know, I need to show I can do it. I need to show for myself, for other people who want to hire me. Uh, and, you know, they have something out there to show, you know, a demonstration of my level of skill. What kind of films would you like to be directing? Like if Hollywood was knocking at your door, what what, what would you be looking for? I have a particular uh, fascination with crime dramas. So I really love those. Um, I'd love to do like, you know, a big budget effects driven film you know star wars and marvel if you're listening give me a call um <laughs> you know like uh i want to make 
really good, intelligent, high-level films for people who like films but don't like seeing the same thing in every film. Christopher Nolan style. Yeah, Nolan, definitely a big influence. Uh, Michael Mann, yeah, uh, nice. Tony Scott, R.I.P. Uh, oh, man, I Tony love Tony Scott. Scott. So good. Jeez, his work is amazing. Yeah. So distinctive. I was just watching Man on Fire over the weekend, and it's just like, no, uh, no other movie looks like that. That movie that should crazy. be in, in the Library of Congress is like the movie of, you know, America and the history <laughs> of film. It's it's art and it's powerful. I love it. The visuals yeah. and the way he, he shot it and edited it, it's just masterful. It's kind of amazing that he was an older filmmaker uh, when he made that, and it feels like a younger filmmaker's movie, you know? Yeah. And especially I, of the moment. He got yeah. more creative and more art experimental as he went on, I think. I think a big of that part of that comes from him starting as uh, an art background, uh, which I also kind of yeah. share. Um, I started out drawing and then did fine art and then studied advertising and uh, graphic design before I switched to film. And so I kind of feel like I kind of get them because I see the art that was behind what they were doing in their films, he and his brother. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, before we get to your struggle, I have one question. Sure. Um, so what made you decide to make a feature for your first project instead of focusing on like creating just like one solid short? Uh, I worked on a whole lot of other people's shorts and been to a lot of film festivals and watched a lot of shorts. And I kind of got my fill of that. And I'm kind of as a viewer myself, I like features because I like the character arc that you get out of it that you don't get in a short. And I don't really like watching them because uh, <laughs> you don't get that same, uh, you know, it could be amazing. It could have the best special effects. It could have, you know, a, a name actor or whatever, but it, you still don't get the same experience of watching a short that you do a feature. So I wanted to get that. And the general consensus, you know, it's always been if you want to make a feature, you got to make a feature to show you can do it. So, you know, shorts right. don't really get you in the door the same way like of course there's those famous examples who are the exception to the rule but by and large you know you gotta have a feature to do that so yeah and, and maybe it was more true for shorts 20 years ago but it's definitely not true now you know um you make a short film and people are like okay great um where's your feature <laughs> you know? yeah yeah i feel like you know no matter what they're still gonna say all right that's great kid you made a nice short but uh you know can you make a feature i don't know first time director right yeah, and the, and once you make the short or the feature, it's like proof that you can do it, and it's proof that you can make something that's actually sellable, unlike a short, which you know doesn't really have um, a way to get any return for anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to go through the whole process, like from the conception to pre-production, creating this thing, and then all the things that come after the film is done, the festival circuit or selling it, marketing it, doing the whole thing. Like I want the full gamut of what can happen with the film. So nice. All right, so we we asked you what your struggle was, and you wrote that you've been working on your first feature forever. Yeah. And there's many issues with finishing the film, but probably the biggest struggle you've had is with scheduling actors, and you just kind of like hit a bunch of roadblocks with actors leaving or moving, or sounds like somebody even died. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So talk to us about this. What what happened? How long have you been working on this feature? And... and, and um how many days have you put into shooting? What's the total shoot schedule? How many days have you put into it? And how has that been structured over the time period that you've been working on it? All right. So that's a lot to, a lot to unpack here. Um, so I started writing it um, probably like 12 years ago and uh, put together, you know, a real amateur 
you know, everybody never done this before, first timers, or maybe done like a short film, kind of a level crew. And that one kind of fell apart pretty quick because people, uh, well, okay, let me just go through it actor by actor. The lead uh, is in like 80% of the film. He carries it. And the first guy we had lead at that time uh, decided he was going to drive to Los Angeles for pilot season. And he called me on the road from Arizona to tell me that's what he was doing. And he left the most important prop in the script in his apartment. So we had to get the apartment complex to let us in to pick up the prop. And the next... Wow. Yeah, the next guy we cast um, was trying to get into acting. And he uh, got his girlfriend pregnant and left to take care of them, which is, you know, fine. But that's what happened. And the next actor did the exact same thing. Uh, and then we hired a guy who was actually a uh, acting teacher at a local university who was really, really good. But he came down with some kind of strange illness where he lost his voice. So he went back to the state he was from uh, to recuperate and get well, I guess. I don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, and then the guy who is presently in the role is phenomenal. And he is from not too far from here. Uh, but he decided to head out to Los Angeles as well uh, to try and, you know, make his fortune, I guess, whatever, however that works out. But wow. uh, So that's where we're at right now. So I only get to shoot on weekends primarily because most of the cast and crew have other jobs, whether in the industry or, or regular jobs. Um, my lead actress is also in Los Angeles. She's from here. So whenever she's in town visiting or something, we try to shoot a scene or two wow. with her. So it's just whenever they're here, I can shoot. But when they're not here, that's kind of a standstill. And that's kind of been dragging out. So a couple questions. <laughs> so yeah. you've shot <laughs> scenes of this movie with three different lead actors. Uh, and each time you switch lead actors, you have to start all the way over again from the beginning. Is that what happens? Pretty much, yeah. And so... I guess the main thought is, and then, and at this point, do you think the actor that you have who's currently doing the role, do you think you can get him back from Los Angeles to be in it, or do you think he's like kind of done with the project? No, as of this discussion right now, he's scheduled to be uh, in town um, in a couple of weeks, and we're planning a shoot, um, which I hope we get to do, you know, a couple of scenes, but hopefully it'll be at least one, if not more. So how, at this point, so you probably have shot like 70% of this movie or more over the years, but with a new actor, how much of it is in the can and already done? Uh, I think we're sitting about a third of the total running time right now. So here's my advice, because you're, you're definitely dealing with these, these um, you know, scheduling issues and getting people in town all at once and, and all that. And I, I imagine that you're just bootstrapping this, right? That you're just kind of getting this done on your own with favors and friends and just making it happen on the weekends? Yeah, we have a, you know, I have a producer and an executive producer. So we have a tiny bit of funding and I have like someone else, you know, helping me out with, you know, logistics and locations and you know, paperwork and the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I'm still carrying, you know, producing, directing. Uh, I do most of the production design. I help do the locations, uh, you know, making props, finding wardrobe, you know, the typical, you know, low budget, many hats. So what's stopping you from, from like finding a 10 day block and just shooting out the rest of the movie in 10 days? Is it purely financing? Like what, what's stopping you from doing it that way? 
Uh, well, one, it's more than 10 days. Two, um, financing is probably the biggest thing, having everybody free uh, from their jobs for the, you know, the full block. Um, right. Well, so you shot a third of a movie that you, and probably some more pieces that don't involve the lead that you could show. Like, why wouldn't you, or have you ever considered um, like cutting together like a teaser trailer or like a piece of it that you could show potential investors and then using that as proof that you can get this thing done and then just like raising a nice chunk so you can just schedule out the 10, 15 days, 20 days, whatever you need to finish it and just like, boom, just get it done and then you can, you know, get it in the can and then go into post-production. Like, is that something that you you think you could do? Or we have, uh, you know, rough cuts of all the stuff that we shot already. Like, you know, I mean, we can take a look at it, but I don't know that it cuts into a, a good trailer that way. Um, I think the number one thing is the time it would take to do that would just add more time onto the total production time. And I'd like to get it done sooner rather than later and actually finally finish it. Well, do you have the rest of the movie like scheduled out of like w- what scenes you're going to shoot when, like over the next like year or something? Or is it just kind of you're get- getting one piece at a time and moving on to the next thing after that? Uh, we kind of do a piece at a time because some of the things are opportunity based. So like sometimes we don't know we're going to have an actor or sometimes we might find a location and not have the actor. So it's getting everything to line up. Um, so you, it's roughly scheduled, but it's not like ironclad detail the way, you know, you would do if you're doing like a set, you know, 20 day shoot or something. Um, I'd like to be able to do it that way, but it just hasn't been feasible, you know, up to this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess, so as a filmmaker who's getting ready to do his first feature and, you know, I'm dealing with fundraising and, you know, getting getting ready to a place where you can actually hit go, you know, um, and it's very challenging, like raising any amount of money is really hard, but I kind of feel like from your p- position, you have a lot of things that I don't have, like you have more of your feature cut together, uh, you have a team that you've assembled over the years, you have your cast already in place it seems like you're in a really good place to be able to go out and just do a really full frontal attack to get whatever chunk of money you need to, to schedule it out and do it that way. Because I mean, you know, like the world is, is unpredictable and life is unpredictable. And the longer you wait and you string this thing out, I think the more you're going to be potentially victim to more of the similar kind of issues that you've been facing over the years, like coming back again, you know, but if you do it quickly and act while you have all the pieces that you need, then I think you could be get, you could get it done sooner. So I don't know. I, that, that would be my advice, just to like really like focus in on on getting the funds that you need and then just finishing the movie. But I'm curious what Timothy thinks of all this. Well, I think it's incredibly difficult to try to shoot a feature on weekends. I know people have done it in the past, but I think that the people that I know that have done it. Uh, um, are have run into the exact same issues that you have. I have a friend that shot a movie in San Francisco. He did it on the weekends, and it was a scheduling nightmare. And I think it probably took him about a year to shoot it. And I don't think he had that many shoot days. So I think anyone out there, and this, you know, maybe this doesn't apply to you, Alan, but I would just for anyone listening, I mean, this is kind of a lesson in in production is that you almost have to just block out time it's to to shoot your film and if the only way to make that happen is to simplify your idea to make sure that you can do it in the in the amount of time you can afford and and get actors to commit to it 
that's the you just have to do it. I mean, maybe part of the problem is is that your idea is too ambitious, and because you haven't done short films, there could be just the danger that you just didn't you didn't have、uh, an experience on a smaller level to know how it was going to scale up to a big level, and so maybe your ambitions kind of is 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 drowning your project right now and and what you can't what you're able to achieve. And having to shoot on the weekends, for instance, shooting on the weekends is no problem with the short because you can shoot a short in like two days. But when you try to scale that up across a feature, then it becomes really hard. Do you think that your script might be too ambitious for for what you resource wise what you have? Like, how many actors do you need to pull it off? And and you, we haven't heard yet how many shoot days you need.、Uh, so I tried to write it from the. Point of view of what resources do I have? Kind of the、uh, you know、uh, rebel without a crew yeah, mentality,、right. like what's available to me. So when I originally wrote the script, we were going to use one location for like sixty percent of the film, and since we started filming, that particular location is no longer available. So we've had to parse out what locations、uh, we need to get at different places instead of having them almost all in one. Uh, which is almost—it's going to work almost like a studio, which was great. So we just show up, you know, dress the set the way we wanted to do and shoot, and we don't have that ability anymore. So we have to, you know, find each individual location, which has kind of messed it up a bit.、Um, and the other issue is most of the crew, even if we had the money, they are working during the week anyway on regular day jobs or other productions, or they're, you know, if they have a Job, but is you know working in the industry, they're doing that. So yeah, but that's where you you tell your friends or the people that you know, like, hey, dude, I want to shoot a feature. I need twelve days from you. I can't pay you your regular rate, but I'm going to pay you half your rate. You know, I need you to commit to this time. And it sounds like maybe part of it is just. I know you can't control like people getting sick or dying, but for the people that are just kind of leaving because you're just catching scenes whenever your actress is in town, makes it really hard because people don't really know what the commitment is up front. So to really say to people, "I need you from this date to this date. Can you commit to it? And I'm going to pay you this much. It's not as as much as you want, but at least it's something to help you get there and, and get people on board and get them all lined up and have everyone committed, rather than just trying to grab it here and there as you can, because then you're negotiating every shoot day rather than a block of shoot days. I don't disagree. Like all these things all happened after production started. Like everyone was here when we started. The locations were all here. We all had it, you know, laid out the way we we're going to do it, and we had a plan, and it just kind of. All got blown up by, <laughs> yeah, you know, circumstances.、So. Well, maybe it's time to just take take a break, take a deep breath, and figure out a new plan, and then move forward with that. And hopefully, that one sticks. But I think you might be stuck in just trying to grab pieces here and there. That I think that makes it infinitely harder than just trying to like block out a schedule. Even if it's every weekend for the next six months, just having people commit to it. I just think that it's hard to con- convince people to give up their weekends more than you know a few in a row.、Uh, I think you'll. I-, I feel like I would have an easier time saying yes to helping somebody on their films for like twelve days in a row than I would. Twelve weekends in a row. Six <laughs> weekends in a row. <laughs> yeah, I would because I'd be like、right. six weekends is a lot to give up, but twelve days in a row just take maybe take some vacation off of work or. If I'm a freelancer, just not take gigs for like twelve days. That seems like that seems more doable to me.、Uh, you know, in a perfect world, you know, if I could make that happen, that'd be the first thing I would do is just block out the time, say this is what we're doing, guys, and go for it. But、um, 
so far that hasn't been able to uh, come to fruition. <laughs> yeah. So, how many more shoot days do you think you have left on this? Uh, I'm mm, let's see, we're third the way through. It was forty five, looking around thirty days. Thirty wow. days? That yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't it's know. Not if like every, it's not like it's going to get done. It's not like every day is a full twelve hour or fourteen hour day. Some of those are like you know we got to show up like two hours or four hours and get something here or there. Um, most of the scenes uh, are written to be single location chunks. So like we show up, we shoot this location for a day and that's a scene or two. It's not like we got to be at any particular place for a long period of time. It's just, here's a piece here, here's a piece there. Um, yeah. I think yeah. you gotta, you gotta rethink this. Uh, I don't think it's, I feel like it's never going to happen if that's, if you're asking for 30 more days of things, I think you need to figure out a way to consolidate that into a much shorter schedule. And if it is only two hours here, four hours there, you got to take those, take three of those and turn that into one shoot day and an eight or 10 hour shoot day where you're getting three things like something that would have taken you three days to do, do it in one day. Yeah. If I had, <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Don't make excuses. You can do it. If come, you keep come to your producers and be like, "This is what I want to do. Make it happen, guys," and they'll be like, yeah. "Okay, Alan, you're just we're not on board. You're not set up for success right now, and you need to you need to make this more realistic. And if you've been having the same problems over and over again, it's the the biggest mistake you can make is to keep moving forward with the things that haven't been working in the past. I think if it hasn't been working in the past, you need to figure out a way to move forward in a different way. Well, I'm here for suggestions on what that might be. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to look at your schedule and you need to figure out a way to do this in a much shorter timeline and figure out what that timeline looks like, what's realistic in, in terms of just a schedule. Just a, let's say you turn those 30 days into 10 days. And even if that's yeah. five weekends in a row and then you go to every single person you need and you say, I need you for these five weekends. Can you make it work? and you lock it in place and you just make it happen. Now, there's nothing you can avoid people getting sick or people dying, but hopefully, knock on wood, none of that stuff's going to happen and you'll be able to just kind of get it done. But I think you really need to just like lock it down and you need to get everyone to commit and not try to like grab a day here, grab a day there. 30 days of doing that is just, I know how long it takes to to put a crew and actors together for one shoot day on a short. I can't imagine doing that 30 times. That would just be maddening. The, just, the other thing too, is just like, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, what I was going to say, sorry. What I was going to say is you, you know, you're looking for suggestions you might want to bring in, um, an assistant director to really help you schedule it out better because, you know, they might look at your 30 days and be like, oh, no, we can do that in 15 or, oh, we can do that in 20, you know, and really help you like consolidate your, you know, your location moves and, and get everything lined up in a way where it'll be like really smooth to shoot. And then once you have that schedule, then you can like, you know, go and look at the budget and be like, what would it, what kind of money would I actually need to do this? Then go to your producers, present that, and then come up with a plan to raise that money, whether it's crowdfunding, whether it's from individual investors, whatever. And then like Timothy said, you can just knock it out and get it done. Um, not an easy task, right? Yeah. This is all difficult. But I mean, I think if you look to the right people, like you might be able to figure this out. Both ways forward are really hard, but I feel like your best chance of success is to take a break right now and, and refigure out how you're going to move forward. Because I feel like you're on the path of not finishing this movie. And you're probably scared of taking a break because you're scared that you're not going to finish the movie if you don't keep going. But I think you're 
you're there's a danger both ways but i feel like you have a better chance of getting it done if you really just kind of like take some time think about the best way forward and really consolidate it i just i think 30 days is way too much to to ask of people i really do we've kind of been on a break that's uh oh <laughs> had, but are you a, a but it doesn't sound like you're problem solving to figure out how to get this done like to, to try to get people together for two to three hours at a time, it just doesn't sound like a sustainable way to keep shooting. I think you have to you have to group those things together and, and create shoot days that are 10 hours long that capture a bunch of things rather than just going grabbing a crew, going out for two hours, and then coming back. Okay, so I think maybe I, I should clarify a little bit. It's not like every shoot day is like two hours or four hours. Like we certainly have normal, you know, length shooting days for lots of stuff to do. Um, and some of those encompass getting, you know, more than one scene done or more than one scene in the same location and things of that nature. It's not like we're only shooting two or four hour days. Yeah, understood. I just, I'm just trying to help you solve for the 30 day thing. I just, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ulrich, but I feel like 30 days is just, way too much to ask ask of people over weekends well i mean most first-time filmmakers especially these days don't even get 20 days to shoot their first movies you know like i'm talking to my producer right now and i was like oh can we get 18 and he's like nah you're gonna get 15 yeah uh, i mean that's <laughs> most people are shooting films in like 12 to 15 days and i'm not saying that that's how you have to shoot your film but i think it just sounds to me like you're being way too ambitious and somehow your production's way too difficult for for you know for way too difficult to pull off right now so if you are committed to getting this film done and and you still do have 30 days i think you need to figure out a way to consolidate that and get that down in order to make it doable it's my instinct either that or abandon the project and go write a script that you can do in like 12 to 15 <laughs> oh, that's days. typical timothy advice isn't it <laughs> I, f I feel like i put too much time into this one to abandon to, to at this point. Yeah, and all the people right. who have stuck with me for this long, I feel I owe it to them to make sure it gets finished as well. Yeah. And yeah. to make it the I best I think that would be the worst be. thing for you to do would be to leave it. You have to finish it. You have to figure this out. And so you have to you have to crunch it. You have to figure out how to make it happen. You have to think about it in a different way. I don't think you can keep moving forward with the way that you've been doing it. And, or, or maybe this conversation will just fuel you to fuel you to prove me wrong. You'll just be like, ha, Timothy, I did it. Either we're, way. We're, <laughs> Either we're way. coming for you with pitchforks and torches, <laughs> Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but dude, it's a tough situation to be like halfway or two thirds of the way through your movie, you said. And I think we're to, about a third, yeah. a third of the way through. Man, I mean, that's just—it's tough because you're like midstream, and um, so many bad things have happened. Like, I feel for you. It's—it really sucks. I, I mean, the I want to just come and save you. <laughs> <laughs> like, just come there and be like, "All right, Alan, we're sitting uh -huh. down. And we're going to figure this out together. Show me everything that you need to shoot, and I'm going to structure it for you." I want to. Um, I want to say something about the actor that we keep mentioning who uh, passed away. Um, yeah. We had one scene left to shoot with him, and he plays a small but very important role in the film mm -hmm. and we went to literally getting ready to shoot his last scene and i called him emailed him texted him went by his house and couldn't get an answer and uh, a few days later uh i got a call from a police officer who was an extra on the film and told me what had happened to him and that kind of 
put a damper on the film for a while. So we had to regroup oh, and get yeah. things going again after that. I can only imagine that must be yeah, so difficult. Geez. Yeah. So like he was, whenever things did fall apart, he's always the person who would call me up and say, Hey, it doesn't matter. Brush it off and keep going. So even if it's only just for him, I want to finish the film and, you know, dedicate it to him or something like, you know, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Well, um, I love that. I don't hear you, the quit in you. So keep going yeah. with it. I wish that we had, we had like a silver bullet for you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I guess all we can do is just acknowledge how, how tough this is and you're in a really shitty situation and I hope you can figure it out. I'm going to be a little bit more encouraging than that because um, I don't think we should end on such a, you know, <laughs> a down note. I think we should celebrate the fact that you've been working on this project for so long and that you have so much of it done and your commitment to it is so, so strong that, you know, obviously, I mean, I think that's a rare thing that a lot of filmmaking friends of mine talk about, like they can't find an idea that they love that much to actually put the effort in. And obviously you love this thing so much you've worked on it for so long so i think that's a positive and then i think the other thing is maybe not if, if like trying to shoot 20 days or 30 days or whatever at once is is too daunting uh something else some other filmmaker friends of mine have done in the past is uh do blocks so they'll do like a five days you know and then they'll edit that together and then they'll do five more days and they'll edit that together and they'll kind of do it in that way. So, so maybe that's more feasible. Maybe you can like get five or six days together so you can just shoot like, you know, the next third or the next like, you know, whatever, sixth of it and then do another sixth and do another. And then that way, rather than just doing one at a time that like, you know, you're, you're taking it into smaller chunks, but it's more sizable so you can actually do it and then move on to the next part. That might be a more feasible option. Uh, just getting them here at the same time for, you know, a week at a time, a couple of times might be, uh, yeah. Yeah. It might make you feel like you're making more progress that way too. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, that, that might help in a big way, you know, and I think that also might keep continuity a little bit better. Cause I'm sure you're having continuity issues as well, trying to shoot across a long period of time like this, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes we see like, uh, one of the actors post the photo on Facebook and we, you know, have to text him real fast and say, Hey, is that, current did you change your hair or is that something older check on them <laughs> yeah right that's yeah, so funny <laughs> well alan thank you so much for sharing your story man and i really hope this has been helpful and i know timothy's been really hard on you on on this segment um but you know i mean yeah i feel like a readjustment might be a good idea but i think there's more than one way to readjust you know and so just find the way that works for you you know and then go out there and, and get it done man i know i know you can do it yeah and, I want to say uh, thanks for having me on, guys, and for the encouragement and the ideas, and for the podcast, man. It helps me out a lot in some of those darker moments when you're like, oh, man, am I ever going to do this? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, just know you're not alone in the struggle. I, yeah, I think Ulrich and I have had versions of the struggle, too. We've, we haven't had it on a feature film level yet, but... Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And just hang in there and uh, send us an email when you figure out what you're going to do. We'd love to hear how you solve this. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Boy, Alan's in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want—I wanted to say this, but I didn't because I thought it would be a little bit confusing. But um, one, uh, I got advice from a DP to to do my first movie that way. Like his advice was to shoot on the weekends and do it one one step at a time rather than all at once because when you're all at once, that's when you make mistakes. That's when the stress is high. And you end up with a movie that's not as good as it could be. But if you really take your time and 
just do it over a long period of time, uh, then you'll be able to learn from your mistakes as you go and make better decisions and you won't be rushed. And in the end, you'll have a better movie. Um, but I didn't really want to say that to Alan because I feel like that's what he has done. And if I said that, then it's just going to encourage him to keep on going down that road, which obviously it's not working for him. You know? Yeah. I mean, so. it's just, uh, I, I guess part of my reaction was just like, why would you go into shooting a 45 day film over the weekends? Why would you do that to yourself? That's just, ah, well, I mean, I think for the right movie, like it's not impossible, but that's every weekend for a year, roughly this 52 weeks. Isn't that what Christopher Nolan did? Did he he shoot? I guess, I guess. Yeah. No, I guess. And maybe that's part of the problem is Nolan just made made put that story out in the world. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> God damn you, Nolan. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's I, just, I mean, I just can't imagine doing that. But I guess maybe I would have done that had I not done more productions, you know? Well, I mean, I feel like it's a certain type of movie that you can do that with. And I haven't seen uh, the following or the the one that he did over the weekends or whatever. So I'm not exactly sure what type of film it is. But it sounds like the type of movie that... Um. Oh, hello, <laughs> Johanny. Hi, thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm really yeah, excited. Of course. So let's see. Hold on. I since bef- between our last guest and this guest, I closed my outline. I'm pulling it back oh. up. Does some Does somebody have a cat meowing in the background? I did, but he he went away. Oh, I just want to just get right into the first question, Johanny. So. Where do you live and and how do you pay your bills? I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I pay my bills by, um, I have two jobs. One, I'm a cocktail server at a comedy club. And during the day, I work full time uh, for a nonprofit here in the city that works with the homeless. Oh, cool. Wow. Which comedy club? It's amazing. Uh, Gotham. Gotham Comedy Club. Oh, I haven't been to that oh, one. Wow. One of my favorites is that comedy cellar. Every time I go uh, to New York, I love going there. You should come to Gotham one day. We're I just will. as good. We're better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you guys in the same neighborhood as uh, the comedy no, cellar? No, we're in Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, last time I was in New York, I went to the comedy cellar, and then I also went to, gosh, Purple Onion? Purple something? It oh, was I've like never right, heard of that one. It was right near the comedy cellar, and we were like going to the comedy cellar line, and then a barker was like, hey, rather than wait in that line that you're not going to get in, come over here. <laughs> right. And then we just went over there, and it was it was really fun. How was the quality of the comics there? Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, good. Oh, okay. good. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> But yeah, next time I'll one. come to I'll come to Gotham though. Yes, for sure. I'll get you guys tickets. Okay, awesome. Oh, so awesome. You are uh, working in, at, as a waitress in comedy and as nonprofits. Tell us about the filmmaking side of you. How many uh, films have you made, and how long have you been making films? Um, I've been making films for six years now. I have made five short films, and I have made a web series that has ten episodes. So if you count each episode as a short film, I guess I've made fifteen short films. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'll give it to Congratulations. you. Congratulations! That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's really impressive. Thanks. And what's your goal? What What are you hoping to happen with your filmmaking? Uh, I want to create more work for women and actors of color and uh, also create more work for myself because I started filmmaking. Uh, I'm an actor first and I started filmmaking because I wasn't getting any work. So I just started writing and creating and producing my own stuff. So I want to create more work 
for more actors of color and create especially for women. When you just can't find the roles, you just write it for yourself and exactly. just go make your own stuff. That's exactly. great. That's the way to do it. Uh, I think yeah. that's how Quentin Tarantino got started too. I think he was he was an actor. He wanted to be an actor, and so he he's an amazing filmmaker things. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> tell us about your struggle. You said your your biggest struggle is funding. Yes, my biggest struggle is funding and finding money. I usually um, pay for everything myself, and it's great to. Yeah you know, have the funding to create your own work, but I don't want to be working 16-hour days every time I have to make a film. (laughs) (laughs) I I get home at like 3 a.m. and my dog just looks at me so disappointed because he's been home all day. And I just, um, it's hard for me to find funding. I try to do the crowdfunding and for my first short film and I only raised like 250 Everyone that oh, I know wow. is either like saving for a house or they're also actors. So they're <laughs> trying to do their own thing. So I'm like, hey, can you give me $50? <laughs> right. The hardest people to raise money yeah. from are people that are in the same situation as you. Because they're exactly. like, yeah, I, w- I don't want to spend my money because I need it for my stuff. Exactly. So it's hard for me to um, come up with funding or like find the right people to approach the right investors and like now I'm at a point where I'm ready to do a feature film but a feature film is now got it's gonna cost me like a hundred grand and I don't have a hundred grand <laughs> have you, or even uh, more have you uh, started fundraising at all have you tr- tried approaching investors or tried getting people to put a little money into the movie yet uh no not yet I just uh, I just finished my last this weekend I shot a, another short film and that one I fund it myself but after that is done come um i want to start with a feature but i'm just like i'm not i don't know where to go or who to approach or how to find investors so that's like what i struggle with it's like who do i talk to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Everybody. I, we know comedians don't have money, so <laughs> oh, don't talk no. to them. I know. <laughs> no, I, I, I would disagree with that. I think you should talk to every single person you ever know, you've ever met, that you ever will meet. Because if you tell everybody that you're making a movie and you're raising money, the more people you tell about it, the more likely you're going to get somebody who refers you to the right person who can get you yeah. started. You know, so I wouldn't keep it to yourself. I would, you know, get on a soapbox. You know, it's time to, you know, sell yourself hard and really talk up this project because that's the only way that you're actually going to get anyone to take you seriously, you know, and, and yeah. <laughs> I work as a videographer, and so whenever I meet anybody who I feel like could even in the slight, like it actually not even that, just pretty much anybody that I talk to, I tell them about the movie I'm making, uh-huh. and and like you know sometimes it leads to a conversation where maybe they can help me out or introduce me to somebody else, and sometimes it leads to nothing, but. I feel like every person that you meet who you can, you know, bend their ear, it's like, that's so helpful. Right. Because no one's going to look at you and say, oh, that person's making a movie and I want to invest in a movie. They're only going to know if you say it out loud. Yeah. So do (laughs) you have a project currently that you would like to get funding for and that you'd be ready to you know talk to people about? Um, I do have... I didn't... I have a feature film that I'm finishing up. It's about a inner city girls volleyball team and it's like an underdog story and i would like to get that done um that's about like 90 nice. minute film 
Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, that's good. I mean, I love that pitch. It's a short pitch. So I feel like people already would be like, tell me yeah, more. Yeah, tell me more. So well, they could call me and yeah. <laughs> I think, I'll be more than happy to tell, send them my script. <laughs> I think you should just start. I mean, really what we're hearing about who investors are, it's really just, they're just people, you know, it's, yeah. it's it could be your dentist. I think Ulrich hit his dentist up for money and the yeah. dentist he's been seeing since he was a kid and his dentist invested yeah. a little bit in his film. Um, it's like, you know, like my second or third investor was my dentist. Oh, really? <laughs> it might yeah. be the owner of the Gotham Comedy Club or one of the comedians or just somebody you happen to know from uh, some other walk of life, somebody you know at the nonprofit, yeah. your doctor, um, somebody you meet on the subway, like you just don't know, so you just gotta ask around, and it's really just gonna be pretty much anyone. The good news yeah. is, is that a hundred thousand dollars is not an impossible amount of money to raise, and if you just think of it as like, I just need ten people each to give ten thousand dollars each, you might be able to find somebody. I mean, for for people who have a, a bit of money, ten thousand dollars is probably not a huge investment for them, and if they really want to help you out and they they believe in what you're trying to do, mm -hmm. then I think that seems feasible to me. Yeah, Albert has more experience with this than me because he is actually raising money for a movie. So I'm going to let yeah. him talk. Okay. Well, I've pitched some really wealthy people um, my movie in the last year, and it's not that simple. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like they like ten thousand dollars could be nothing to them, but they're not just going to give you money for no reason. Like they, they really need to be inspired by you as a person and a filmmaker. And then they also have to be inspired by the movie. And then what has worked for me so far is I, I also have a producer who has experience who's backing me yeah. and, you know, I've raised a bunch of money this year and I don't think I would have raised any of that or, or way less of it if um I didn't have the producer. So, I would advise you to start searching for that partner who yeah. has more experience than you do and has like made features and hopefully even made features like the feature you're trying to make mm -hmm. and get them to be an advocate for you. And then, you know, with that person on your side, like that's some ammunition, some fuel for you to use when you're approaching investors and, you know, entering competitions and programs and fellowships and doing all the things that you can do in your in your position to get this film made, which there is a lot to be done. Right. And just know? to be clear, that, that person's really just there to be kind of a mentor for you. They're not going to do the work. You're going to do all the work. Oh, I'm but ready. they're but they're there to like support you and say, "Hey, I I've got your back. You can use my name. You can say I'm attached to the project. When you get funding, I'll also be there to help you get the movie made." So, it's it's just it's like a resource and it's a person that's a part of your team now. But don't expect you're going to find a producer that's going to go raise the money for you cuz yeah. we're we're not seeing that that's the the case. Okay. Yeah, that was the first thing my producer said to me when he joined the project was that he's not going to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's been very true, but at the same time he's been so supportive. Like any time I would find an investor that uh would would listen to me, you know, he's come and pitched with me. And we've done like probably 10 pitches or so in the last mm -hmm. year and anytime I need him need him for a meeting or anything or, you know, answer an email or whatever, he's he's helped out and I feel like that has been so amazing. And so you know, that, that even that's a lot to ask for. But yeah. I mean, I think, you know, putting yourself out there and trying to find that that partner would be a really good step. Um, but I have a question for you, Johanny. Yes. So you've you've made this web series, you've made these awesome short films. 
uh, where are they? Are they on a YouTube page? Like, are they out in the world for people to see? Like, where the, are your films? The web series, the all 10 episodes are on my website, which is joani.net. Um, oh, one of my short films, it's on, and both, two of my short films are on there. Uh, Cheryl and Denise won Best Comedy at the Madrid International Film Festival. That's on my website as well. Ah, congratulations. Thank you. And um, I have the other three that I'm, two of them are doing the festival circuit now. And the last one that I just finished is on, it's edited, it's being edited. But I have two short films on my website and you can watch my entire web series on my website as well. Nice. And are you launching them through YouTube or Vimeo or through your own uh, video player? Um, once once I'm done with the festivals for my last short film, I'm going to put it on Amazon Prime. And um, the same thing for my other ones. I'll probably launch uh, on YouTube or Vimeo. I have, I have a couple on Vimeo as well. And, and where is the, um, the, 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 the web series? Is that on Prime? It's on my website. It's on YouTube, but on you can YouTube. just go okay. straight to my website and, and okay. I have all the 10 episodes there. Yeah, because I think that's the other thing that you have at to your advantage is you have a lot of work to show. Yeah. So I feel like being in a position where you can easily show people what you've done would be good. And then what I've learned through my process is that uh, getting people to watch one thing is very difficult. Yeah. Uh, getting somebody to watch two or three things is impossible. <laughs> so um, what might be helpful, since you have so much, yeah. it might be good to create a reel of, of your work, like a director's reel that uh-huh. hike, like showcases like like the best like three to five minutes of your work, you know, and then just have that link ready. And so you can just, you know, if anyone wants to know about you, they're not overwhelmed with like, oh, there's 15 things for me to watch. Like, what do I pick? Yeah. It's like, here's the one thing that you should watch. So you get, get Johanny's filmmaking style down in like three minutes, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually, um, I went on IMDb and I looked up like all the, Famous women who have production companies. <laughs> I sent oh, them letters. Cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> so awesome. I went and I found their production companies. I called them. I was like, how can I send myself? And I emailed, um, I think it was Gina Rodriguez, Eva. Oh, wow. Eva Longoria, Charlize oh, wow. Theron. Wow. Well, then they never got back to me. So I'm <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, hey, Johanny, no, that is it. fucking genius. <laughs> and I would keep on doing it. No. Like, hit up everybody and like go lower like i mean not to lower per se but like less well-known names i know like, i think that that's also a thing with me i like i just go for like the top of the mountain so i'm like i'm gonna email charlie strong she's gonna yeah. love my film <laughs> i think you should though i think you should email anyone and everybody but i think you should also be looking at um you know like olina well, dunham's obviously really famous but like think of like you know the the woman producer or filmmaker who is like four steps under Lena Dunham, who's like yeah. maybe made one or two features, but isn't a household name the way that she is, you know. Okay. Um, there's a woman who produced uh, uh, the following or follow. Mm-hmm. It follows, um, and I know she's still making movies, so that might be somebody to reach out to because they're not as well known, but like, you know, they are, you know, super successful, made awesome movies. So I would start scouring, um, the internet and IMDb for producers who've made some really great movies, um, you know, that are similar to the movie that you want to make. And, you know, that are like, you know, female producers or executive producers or investors and hit them all up, you know? Um, 
also are you are you on slated do you know what slated is no you should look up slated um it's free to join it's supposed to bring filmmakers and investors together oh, okay. uh but basically what happened was when it got popular um all the studios got on it and so now the studios use it to to connect with investors and it makes it really hard for the little guys and and, oh, okay. and you know to make it happen so so but still it's a good place to to search for investors and okay, um yeah i've had Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've had advice from other producers who said that they've raised money um, purely by just emailing investors through the slated program. Um, this one producer, she said she emailed a thousand people and she got um, like three responses, but that was enough to fund her movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> a thousand emails to get three responses. So that just shows you how many more people you have to be emailing. Yeah. So right. it's a lot, a lot. And the other suggestion I had was like, go to some festivals in the New York area and see some indie films and, and try to find some indie films that you like. And a lot of times the producers are there at those festivals and you can just go right up to them and be like, Hey, I liked your movie. Can we talk about working together on something? Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I always go to film festivals. So um, I'm going to start networking more. That's another thing that I need to do more. Yeah. Cause I don't do it as often. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of filmmaking groups and filmmaking events in New York that you could, uh, be a part of and, and, you know, go to and, you know, meet other people in, in your community who are doing similar projects or whatever. And yeah, that could be helpful. There's also something called um, IFP, I believe, or IFB. It's like a market slash like filmmaking conference that I believe is in New York every year. Um, someone told me to go to that after I went to the American film market. They're like, oh yeah, you got to go to IFP. P or B, I can't remember. Yeah, but it's pretty famous, and I think that's another place where you can meet people, and you go to conferences and lectures, and you know, there's there's investors there, and you know, and producers. I think mainly producers. Um, it must be IFP because I think it is like a producers thing. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you're in a really good spot though. It's just like. Yeah, now you have to do the hard part, which I started probably like two and a half years ago, and I'm still fundraising for my first feature. So, you know, if it starts to take a long time, don't get discouraged because it could take a while to get any kind of money together, you know? Okay. And you're not alone. This is like, the, this is the struggle. The filmmaking struggle is finding money. That's everyone struggles with it. And it's not easy. I know. I just had a friend who um who was raising money and he didn't raise all the money that he needed, so he had to kind of stop because he needed like I think over thirty grand, and he did he raised like ten percent of that. So it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but it can be yeah. done. And so you just gotta you gotta believe you gotta believe it can happen, and you just gotta keep pushing it forward. You gotta talk to everyone. Uh, just take take Alwork's lead. He's he's really good at it. He does everything and anything <laughs> to just to make it happen. Right. And that's well, why you, you have to be passionate about your project because it, you are going to put so much into it. Yeah. If you're only kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to make a movie, it's never going to happen. You have to be like, I got to make this movie. And so you'll do anything to make it happen. Right. I'm going to make this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I know you will. I mean, geez, if you've already made 15 um, short films, 10 of which were a web series, I mean, yeah, you obviously have the hustle. It's just, uh, you know, be ready for the long haul because I know a lot of people, they, they make all these, these these short films and web series or whatever, and they kind of feel like, okay, I've, I've done all this hard work. I've made my thing. Now the world will, you know, the doors will open and everything will be easy, but it's, it's just not. like... 
No, it's just one more step on the path to, you know, getting getting the next project made and then that's another step to getting the next project made and it, I don't, I just don't think it ever really ends so just you know if if you love the life and you love the the filmmaking struggle then you know yeah you're in a good spot <laughs> cool I'm I'm ready to to hustle more and I'm ready to make this movie so thank you guys so much for all this information yeah you're welcome thanks for coming on the show and talking to us so yeah, so that was amazing, man. We just talked to three f- sets of filmmakers, all with very different struggles and very different stories and backgrounds. Um, what what do you think af- after all that? That was fun. I really liked that. That was like such a different feeling than it has been on the podcast for a while where, you know, we just have one filmmaker on and we're asking questions. It's fun to have people ask us a question and we can use our experience to answer it. I feel like we would have been shy to do this in the first year because we'd be like, who are we? We don't know anything. But I think after having talked to like uh, probably 100 filmmakers on this podcast and had our own experiences with things, we're much more set up to like at least give our advice on it. But again, we're not experts. We don't know what we're doing. This is just our point of view. If you ask five other people, you might get five different answers. So, you know, you guys take take it with a grain of salt. You guys got to figure it out, but hopefully we inspired, you know, some thinking in all of them and they can kind of go, go take the next step from there. Yeah. I mean, also, I think our advice, like you said, is like a culmination of like all the advice that we've gotten over the years. So it's not just our experiences, but it's like, you know, filtered through like hundreds of other filmmakers too. So yeah. It is. It's almost like what I would expect other filmmakers to be telling me if I had the same question for them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) exactly but yeah no i also love like how you know each person was from a different area we have like north carolina uh springfield uh middle america and then you know uh was it brooklyn Brooklyn, yeah yeah Yeah, so it's so awesome like that people are making movies in all these different parts of the country um and you know coming from completely different backgrounds and completely different approaches to their their projects i mean that to me is like almost more inspiring than anything it's just like how anyone can really do it and how you can really do it however you can you know it's like on whatever terms that you set for yourself yeah but isn't it funny that no one wrote in from la does that just mean that people in los angeles aren't struggling <laughs> maybe i don't know or maybe no one in la listens to our podcast i don't know <laughs> it's yeah one of two things either people in la aren't listening to our podcast or they're just not struggling it's so easy there it's a land right. of opportunity or they don't want to admit that they're struggling because that's not cool. <laughs> that you would know? be funny if that's the way it was. People are just like, ah, I don't want to. I don't want to publicly announce that I'm struggling. Yeah. Well, we we had two uh, LA directors on the show uh, that it's going to come out. I think in three episodes from now, maybe um, or four. And it was interesting to hear their their struggle because it's like by our standards that they've made it completely. Like they're right. getting paid to direct <laughs> short. Uh, format for projects for Hulu and you know they've they've directed a whole uh, series uh, season of television you know and they're they're like at this completely different level but like you hear them talk and it almost sounds like you and me (laughs) right it's yeah still it's never enough it's never what you really want (laughs) I know it's funny that's that's why it's like get ready you know because like if, if you're you know having a hard time making your your projects now and getting your first things done um, it's just the beginning, you know, it's, it's this, this is the life. So embrace it, love it, enjoy it. That's what my wife always tells me. She's always like, 
you know, whenever I'm stressed out about directing something or making something, she's like, remember, you love this. This is why you're doing this, you know, <laughs> enjoy it. And I'm yeah. always, I always try to take that into each project I do. That's so. good. It's a good thing to remind yourself. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take it, take us out here of this episode. Um, thanks everyone for listening. And thanks again to Megan and Hannah, Alan and Johanny, our, our, uh, four guests for the episode today um you'll be able to find links to all their work all their stuff um on the website um maybe not alan because he wants to be more um you know mysterious and uh anonymous but if we can't get anything from him we will um and yeah if you want to get in contact with us you can send an email to podcast at making movies is hard is com. you can also visit our website at making movies is com, where you can find links to the things we talked about on this episode um you know you can find us on Twitter and Facebook with the handle at MMIH podcast. And we also have our indie filmmakers group on Facebook, which we share with like four other podcasts. Um, it's a really great place to, you know, have good discussions and get answers from different filmmakers. And, you know, if you have a question, it's almost certain that somebody on the group will have an answer for you or multiple people, which has just been lovely. Uh, lastly, if you like the show, please tell your friends about it or leave a rating on, for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And Timothy, thank you for a wonderful episode. This was all you, baby. And I, <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Oh, man, you're going to miss me. I am. I already miss you. <laughs> Damn it. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, it was yeah. fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for always being open to my suggestions. You're you're right. You never turn my suggestions down, but I often turn yours down. So I apologize for yeah, that. Yeah, or you make me fight for it. You're <laughs> I really always do. like, okay, I do. so, so tough. you need to tell me why this is going to be a good episode. And then I write like, uh, you know, like eight paragraph email on why I think this is a good episode. Uh, and then you're like, okay, but we have to do it like this. And then we tweak it a little yeah so um, you aren't gonna miss me because i'm just i'm i'm a, I'm a no. thorn in your side no man i mean this this is the second to last episode we'll we'll record on a regular basis so um yeah man it's it sucks but yeah. uh you know onward and upward you know and i know you'll come back for episodes so i, I am too forever. so next week is going to be my last episode of our series together uh 181 episodes together but i don't think it's going to be the last you guys are going to hear from me so i'm not no. gonna it's not a goodbye episode i don't want to even call it the last episode we're just it's just going to be a, i'm leaving the podcast for at least a little bit and right and we're and after the next episode you're going to hear from a bunch of other new co-hosts and we're going to see how it goes yeah i mean there's definitely a future where it, it just is rotating co-hosts forever you know um, and then maybe even I rotate out and we have other co-hosts rotate in. Like it could be that kind of thing. We don't know yet. You know, who knows? Um, yeah. So it also could, I was yeah. just gonna say just the, after the next episode is really just the, oh, the future of the podcast is uncertain. We're not sure where it's going to go. And I think that's right. exciting. I'm excited to see where it goes and, yeah. um, and see how I either stay a part of it or I'm not a part of it at all. I don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, it also depends if like we do find, um, a co-host who really wants to take ownership and has their own ideas for the podcast, uh, that could also change the way things go. Cause then maybe it would be less of a rotating host thing and more like, no, this is the one person who's going to do it with me, you know, going forward. But so far that hasn't seemed to be the way it's going to happen, but you never know. I mean, there's still lots of time left. So yeah. All right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you next week and everyone out there. See you then. Or talk to yeah. you. Yeah. Hear you then. <laughs> talk to you. Talk to you. Talk to you. Yeah. Talk, Talk to you, to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. <laughs>